Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Well, praise the Lord. I've been talking about this series for a minute. It's time to pray. How do I pray? What do I pray? When do I pray? And last week, I really feel heaven opened up and we understood that Jesus made prayer about forgiveness. It was really good. And you know where we kind of started with that? You know, the first place that we really start seeing this is that Jesus made it very clear. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes like when, when I see these things, I don't, I don't want to rush beyond them because like, oh, you know, we got to get, no, we don't, we don't want to get too busy when, when it comes to the things of God, because what happens is you miss the moment of what God's trying to tell you. So we looked in, we looked in, we were in the passion, and I'm just going to go back. I want to start here because we were looking at Matthew. Remember, we looked at Matthew um, chapter six in the passion, and we really looked at verse 14 and 15. So Matthew chapter six, right? Passion translation reads a little better. You know, that's where he does the Lord's prayer. You know, he said, hey, he said, you know, when, when you give us this day our daily bread, you know, forgive us our trespasses. But Jesus, Jesus talks about it here and he says these words and they're really, really grippy. He talks about when you pray, man, oh man, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your father in heaven will also forgive you. Man, make room for the faults of others. That was one of the scriptures we found. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes that's hard, Right? Man, I'm like, get with it. Don't you want some people just to get with it? Like, God Almighty, I got to make, you know, I got to make room for you. But if you withhold forgiveness, look at verse 15. Man, this is challenging. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your father withholds forgiveness from you. Man, that's a statement, isn't it? So obviously, we talked about this, that the rungs of prayer and the ability of prayer is this. And I'm kind of moving this around here so I could get it to you. So, we understand that like if this, this table, right, this table is your foundation of prayer, the ladder, the ladder of prayer would sit on this foundation of forgiveness. See it? So if you're going to have a prayer life, it's got to be based in forgiveness. Number one, it's not just forgiving others. It's forgiving yourself. And then it's about forgiving others too. You realize that? You have to know you're forgiven and you have to understand, I forgive people because of what Jesus has forgiven me of, not because they deserve it. Strong stuff. Now, I want you to see this. In 2 Corinthians 5, 18, we got this translation for you here. And I, I really want you to see this because God's done it all. That's what it says here, man. And I'm telling you what, when you realize God's done it all, you do not have to really challenge yourself to really go too far beyond because forgiveness is for all. Man, I want you to see that and pull that in completely. So look what it says here in 2 Corinthians 5.18. It says, God has done it all. Praise the Lord, man. I'm telling you, he has really done this. He has sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. You see that right there? Now, that's big, right? And he has what? Now, think of this. God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. And he has given us 
the work of making peace between himself and others, okay? What we mean is that God was in Christ offering peace and forgiveness to the people of this world. And he has what? Given us the work of sharing his message about peace. We were sent to speak for Christ and God is begging you to listen to our message. We speak for Christ and sincerely ask you to make peace with God. So now this is what I want you to say, right? What does that mean, Pastor Chris? That means that forgiveness was given to everyone because he's given us the ministry of reconciliation or God and man could come back together because of God's forgiveness. That's really important because here's the thing. Sometimes we don't feel worthy of God's forgiveness, but he gave it to us because of what Jesus did on the cross, not what we did with our life. Very important, okay? Now, I want you to kind of look at that because that's going to help us get to the next level of understanding. My prayer life is going to a whole other level because I'm going to walk through life needing God's help. And if I could kind of, you know, kind of like make some adjustments to prayer, I think I could become better at it and more consistent in it, you know? And you say, well, can you become better at prayer? Yeah, because it's all about trust, confidence, and reliance in God. I'm going to get better as time goes on in trusting him because I'm going to see his faithfulness in the seasons of life I'm walking in. But this is what we got to realize. Look what it says in Psalms 86.11. You got to realize this. We got to ask God to teach us. Teach me more about prayer. Teach me more about you, how you work, how you move, so that I can walk onwardly in the truth until everything within me brings honor to your name. Teach me more about you. This should be our prayer. How do you work and how do you move? How do you do things? How do I get better at prayer? How do I become a person of prayer? Do I run the prayer? Ask yourself some questions, right? Now ask yourself the question this, because we're gonna go into this forgiveness thing. Okay, so don't read ahead in your note sheet. Just go slow with me, because some of you, I know how you are. You're like, you know, you're like the, the person in school, you know, that's reading the test before they tell you to take the test. Relax, go slow. I don't want you per se doing that right away, okay? Give, give yourself a minute to go slow here because it's important. Now watch this, right? Check this out. This is really, really good. Teach me more about you, how you work, how you move, how you do stuff, right? So we want to learn more about how to be a better prayer. But I want you to hit these points. If prayer seems to have a foundation in forgiveness, maybe we should look at just forgiveness one more time to make sure we really built. Last week I gave you some, some really good thought about how do I work through being a forgiver. This week I just want to retouch this because I think it's quick. I don't want to give you too much too fast. How do I know that I'm really walking in forgiveness at the level where I am? And what can I do to help it? So I'm going to give you just four fast touch points to help you make sure. Man, I remember last week, and if you weren't here last week, go back and watch. It's really, really important that you, you kind of build yourself up in this stuff, okay? So just four little quick little points. It's kind of be like my spiritual um, forgiveness list, okay? Let's see, if I'm, let's see if I'm hitting it. 
Romans 12, 19 says this, and this is really like what I want you to see. You gotta give up your right to get even. Boy, oh boy, ain't that good? Give up your right to get even. Romans 12, 19 says this, don't try to get even. Let God take revenge. Man, is that not good stuff? Leave it up to God because he's gonna take care of it. He'll do a much better job than you ever could. Man, Romans 12, 19 is strong. You gotta give up your right to get even. You gotta give up your right to move in this thing in a wrong spiritual atmosphere. You gotta be careful with that. Don't try to get even let God take revenge. Man, isn't that so true? Because the problem with that is this, is that if you're not careful, you'll start doing the things that you don't need to do towards people. It's true. Don't you, when somebody does something to you, don't you want to first and foremost go and say, well, I'm going to get even with that person. Or you, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you. Or you did this to me, and I'm going to do this to you. And a lot of you I know are like, well, that's not the first thing I think of. Well, it might be the third thing, thing you think of, but trust, trust me, you're thinking of it. You know what I mean? Like, man, I don't like that. God said, don't try to get even. Man, I'll tell you what, this is so strong. Let God take revenge. It's not up to you. Leave it up to God. He'll take care of it. He'll do a much better job than I could ever do it. I promise you that's true. You want to leave your battles in the Lord's hands, not your own hands. Because once you take them in your own hands, you got to deal with the backlash of what? Not being a person that's walking in the light. And the Bible says if you don't walk in the light, you're going to walk in darkness. And if you walk in darkness, you're going to start to stumble. Isn't that crazy? People come and cause offense. They cause problems. They cause drama. And then you retaliate right? And now all of a sudden, you're in darkness, you're walking out of love, you're stumbling, you're not successful, and you're messed up, and they move on with life, not even realizing the effect that they have had on your life. Boy, I'll tell you what, I don't want to be there, you don't want to be there, we don't need to be there, we just need to be moving forward, amen? Praise God. Number two, these are like little subtopics, A, B. I don't know how they put it on the note sheet, but here's what it is. Respond to people in love. That is your responsibility. In Luke 6, 27, in the NIV, read so clear, and we're gonna look at this, okay? Because how can you tell when you're really at a level of forgiving people? You can actually Pray for God to bless the person that hurt you. Man, isn't that good? That's Luke. Look at Luke 6, 27. This will get you, right? It says, do good to those. What do you mean do good to those? Do good to those who hate you. But you who are what? Look at listening. I say, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Isn't that something, right? Are you doing good? Are you at the level of doing good? Can you even say, Pastor Chris, I am not there. It's okay. Let's start with stages, right? I'm going to show you this, right? This is me, 101. I want you to know, can you think a good thing? Just think about that. Can you think a good thing? Can you say a good thing? Can you do a good thing? Now, Listen. Some people you're not going to have a relationship with for the rest of your life. We understand that. 
So those guys, I got to just think good thoughts about. You know what I mean? We just be like, well, they got nice hair. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right? They, they, yeah, they drive a nice car. <laughs> I don't know. You got to try to get your mental place there. I know I'm being funny, but think about it, right? What he says, he said, do good. Man, I ain't doing good. I can't even get over here to the action of doing yet. Well, let's start just thinking something good. Let's start of just saying something good. And then eventually some things we have to do a good thing. You understand what I'm saying? That's what God's saying. What am I, what, how am I going to do something good for people that I'm never going to see another day in my life? It's not as much of an action that I do. It's a, it's a, it's a posture that I keep. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to hear their name and cringe. For some of you, that'd be a miracle, wouldn't it? Like, when I hear their name, I feel like smacking somebody, right? Because people hurt people. People are not kind. People are evil. I'm telling you, people are demonic. I'm telling you, there is devils in disguise in the people around you trying to derail your life. Don't go there. Respond to people in love. It's important that you respond to people in love, okay? This is a big one, too, and I think this is really, really important, right? Write this down, number three. It shows us, because remember when Jesus said this, forgive seven times 70. Peter came to him and he said, how many times should I forgive? 70 times 70. And you go, what? Seven times 70. You're like, oh my God, how many times should I forgive someone? What does me wrong? Jesus said, not just seven times, but 70 times seven, right? And then somebody did the math. 490 times a day I'm supposed to forgive people? Somebody says, well, I've, <laughs> I've taken all that up. You know, I, I'm at 491. You know what I'm saying. What does that show me? It shows me, point number three, it shows me that it's going to be, it's something that it shows me that I am going to have to keep constantly repeating in life, forgiveness. They're not going to figure it out. Your husband is not going to figure it out. Your wife is not going to figure it out. Stop trying to get everybody around you to change so you live in a perfect world. Become a better forgiver and don't be touchy because why? This is showing me 490 a day. He's basically saying people ain't going to change. The people at work ain't going to change. Most of the people you and I know are not unaware that they are not growing. And they are not growing at a rate and speed that is going to be ever affecting your life. So you're going to have to learn how to grow beyond the people that don't grow up. Well, you know, people just sometimes constantly keep hurting people or saying something or doing something. Or, and you're waiting for, like, you know, this, it ain't going to happen. So this shows me it's going to be something that I need to repeat over and over and over forgiveness. Just what it is. If he said 490 a day, guys, trust me, he's telling you and me that's every day. That means not everything's gonna change in life. So what's that mean? You gotta change. You gotta grow. You, you know what's funny? I, I, I had a really, really, really good, good conversation. And it, it was really ironic to me. People are so all or nothing. You know, people don't understand the balance of life. You know, like I was like, well, hey, I was like, if you're doing something in life and, and, and maybe something's been adjusted or maybe it's not the way, the way it was, was before, everybody's like, well, I can't do it. I can't do it. 
And I was like, it was like work-related, life-related. And I was like, wait a minute, pause. Why is it all in or all out? Why can't we find balance and stuff and just be like, hey, you know what? I maybe can't do that, but I could go do this. And I was talking to people about work, flexibility at work. Should be flexibility with God. Should be flexibility in ministry. Should be flexibility in your house. You become so rigid in all or nothing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like the guy that plays on the team that doesn't know how to be a team player. You know what I mean? He's the worst guy on the team. Why? Because he's like, if I don't get my way, I'm out. And I'm thinking like, and it was funny. I'm, I, I was watching something. This was really good. You're going to like this. There was a guy that they were, they were, the scouts were looking at him as a football player. And they didn't mention names, but it was really, really, really cool story, right? The guy was like, man, this kid's talented. He's got everything going for him. He's got all the skills. This, kid's, this kid is what we're targeting for the draft. And they did background stuff, looks, and they were like, look, you know what? Bottom line is this, is that he's not a team player. And that will start affecting the whole team. So as much as you're talented, we cannot afford your toxicity to come in this organization because you're not thinking about team, you're thinking about yourself. So therefore, they passed on him. Isn't that crazy? That you could be the most talented person in the building, but because you don't play nice with others or you get offended easily or you know it's either my way or the highway or if I don't get to do what I want to do, then I'm not, I'm not, no, man, be flexible. I, I'm teaching our staff here at Relevant Church. We don't talk like that. We don't think like that. We don't speak like that. We have a culture and we have a way about doing things and we have a level of accountability that's the standard that God wants us to keep. We gotta be flexible, flexible, flexible. And man, I'll tell you what, it's gonna run rampant through this organization that we're flexible, man. Where, you, where we need to do, we do. What we need to do, we do. But I mean, it's kind of like, don't be the guy at work that's like, well, I don't want to, if I can't get, and you're, you're, you're done. Don't be the guy on the team like that. See, this is what I'm saying is this, is that you got to realize this. You're going to have to give people flexibility. You're going to have to give people margin. You're going to have to make, give people room to make mistakes. You can't just jump down their neck. You got to be a forgiver on the daily. You got to spiritually grow. And this is what affects your whole life because spiritual growth is key and forgiveness is one of the latter rungs that you have to build the foundation of your life on because, man, I'll tell you what, you're going to get offended every other day. And offense is the bait of Satan. The Bible says that. It says, he throws it like, you know, you ever watch like fishing? You know, like you go fishing in certain places. Like I like to fish. It's cool. You got to use certain kind of lures because the certain kind of lure attracts a certain kind of fish. The devil knows the fish you are and the lure he needs to throw. If you're a hothead, he's going to put it in front of you. If you get angry, he's going to put it in front of you. If you got touchy feelings, he's going to put that jerky person in the office screaming and yelling. He is not stupid. He's slick, man. You got to make sure you prepare and stay ahead of what life is bringing. Amen? And here's the other thing. Number four point, you got to share the good news of forgiveness with others. Man, I'm telling you, God's done it all. Look at 2 Corinthians. Uh, you're going to like this. I think it's, it's pretty good. You know, 2 Corinthians, um, this is really, it really explains to me. Well, we kind of read it to begin, to begin with when we started over here. You know what I mean? We kind of looked at it in the CEV. We can do that again. That's fine with me. Okay. God has done it all, right? 
Isn't that what he said to you? He gave you the place of peace. God's done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. That's strong. I don't know about you, man, but that really is life-changing. He's given us the work in making peace, not only with himself, but with others. And this is the point I want you to take home with that one, because that's big, right? I think what happens is people really go to understand it. It's, it's, it's kind of big that we understand this. God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us, and he has given us the work of making peace between himself and others. What we mean is that God was in Christ offering peace and forgiveness to the people of this world, and he has given us this work to share his message about peace. Come on, we were sent to speak about Christ, right? God is begging you to listen to this message. We speak for Christ and what? Sincerely ask you to make peace with God. That's just straight up. Don't get no better than that. So here's what we need to remember. Forgiveness may look difficult, but it becomes easier when we stop trying to forgive on our own and instead we forgive others because God has already forgiven me. I'm gonna say that again. Forgiveness may look to be difficult. It, it may look to be difficult, I understand. It is difficult, but it becomes easier when you stop trying to forgive on my own and instead I forgive others because God has already forgiven me. So here's what it is. I learn and see how much I've been forgiven. It's easy for me to forgive you. I see how much forgiveness I received it's easy for me to give it to you. I seen how much ability I received. It's easy for me to give you the ability of forgiveness. It's gonna change the moment I shift. I gotta shift the way I'm thinking and go, it's not just the man side. It's the God side first and then the man side I give. Man, once you start getting that figured out in your mentality, you start become a better forgiver, amen? Well, I know that kind of encouraged you. And I want to start moving on because we are going to talk about some of the rungs of prayer. And I wanted to get this going. This is what I really wanted to get to you. But I really felt like we had a touch base there because I didn't want to leave you last week so fast. Like, just forgive. And then we don't know. Put those four actions to work. As you put those actions to work, they're going to change your life. But the first step or the first rung, we said foundation is forgiveness. The ladder is here to get to prayer and the first rung is righteousness. I want to explain the secret of righteousness and reveal it to you, okay? Because you have to understand this. Righteousness will solve your spiritual problems. That is the God's honest truth, okay? And I want to explain it to you because we were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus the moment we became born again. This righteous position is right standing with God it's unity with God, it's forgiveness from God, it's re-relationship with God, and my righteous position doesn't come like a wave of the sea, doesn't come and go with my behavior, doesn't come and go with my posture, it's what I've been made, it's what you've been made. No one will find it until they contact Christ, okay? Now I wanna explain that, okay? The moment a man crowns Christ the Lord of his life is the moment their search ends. They've arrived because you have to understand something in this regard to righteousness. No person reaches this place of rest in the spirit 
until they've contacted God in a righteous position, okay? Because you gotta understand this, man's a spirit, he has a soul, he lives in the body, okay? You're not gonna be satisfied till you get over in the spiritual realm and live your life out of your spiritual position and condition. So man has no approach to God and is stuck in a sense of condemnation and in a place of inferiority complex that will make you literally a coward until you step into God. Remember this, sin consciousness and all this stuff robs you of a place of faith. I promise you it's true, okay? It robs you in faith yourself. It robs you in the faith of man. It robs you in the faith of God. It robs you in the faith of the word of God. Sin consciousness will hold you in bondage and make you feel like you have no right approach to God, okay? You'll feel like you're not good enough and you gotta understand this and you're gonna feel like you're not good enough to pray prayers that God wouldn't answer. It's true. Because the sin consciousness is what we need to leave and a righteous consciousness is what we have to step in there. So the sense of guilt, inferiority, failure, and weakness makes man reason and that reason is gonna be a problem. Okay, now that's like kind of like a lot. So just pull that in and understand this thing. Now you say, well, Pastor Chris, we're saved. Yeah, well, a lot of times we're saved, but we bring the wrong mentality in and salvation then doesn't really become um, the level of how we see our whole life. Like I'm saved and I'm going to heaven, but I'm still a struggling human. Well, wait a minute. You may struggle in certain things, but you're not struggling in your position of righteousness. Now, I want you to see that, because that's big. You just gotta go slow with that, okay? Because it, until you see this, um, I think what happens is, go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I want you to see this. King James is great, because I, I, I want you to get this, because you, 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 well, you could really go... Um, yeah, you could, you could read, what did I say, 17? You could start there if you want. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, we need to look at that. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now read this slow. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Good, 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us. That means he purchased you back. He bought you back to make you righteous, okay? What, by himself, and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That means you could basically use the power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness connected God and man back together. God and you, and now you can tell mankind the power of forgiveness has produced reconciliation so that you can have a relationship with God, okay? Why? Because God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He did not impute their trespasses unto them. A what? He had committed the word of reconciliation. Now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Now, that's a powerful. Remember, we learned about it being an ambassador. You're sent from another place with new rules in the earth you live in that you don't have to live by the rules of the earth. You live by the rules of heaven because you're an ambassador sent from heaven. That will change your life, right? Watch this. God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's steed be reconciled to God, Okay? Now watch this, for he hath made him to be sin, Jesus, who knew no sin, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus knew no sin. We were full of sin. He came to become sin so we sinners could become saints. Okay, you got it? So the exchange takes place on the cross. When was I made righteous? When were you made righteous? 2,000 years ago on the cross. Done. Now watch this. You were made righteous, but you might not be living up to the revelation of the righteousness you've been made. That's when we got to reprogram our head because sin conscious, like I said, is running rampant in the earth and in the church. You know, you're not qualified. It's not based on my performance. It's based on my position. It's not based on my ability. It's based in his ability. So the church has been really strong in understanding this. We should get a better understanding of righteousness. A lot of times you hear your inability to please God, but I got news for you. When is perfectness achieved? That's what I want to know. You've been made complete in him. You've been made perfect in him. Look at Romans 8, 37. We're going to look at these. These scriptures are going to help you get some stuff figuring this out. Okay? Look what it says. When you look at Romans 8, 37, he says you're, you're more than a conqueror. Okay? What does he mean? Nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. If I'm more than a conqueror and God's not working on my behalf, Philippians 4.13. Look at this one. All right? You know what Philippians 4.13 says. The key with Philippians 4.13 is this. Uh, think about this one. I'm complete. We're perfect. We got victory. We got overcoming ability. We got all this stuff. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Nay, in all these things, we're more than a conqueror through him. Philippians 4.13 says what? I can do all things. You could do all things in him that strengthens me. When is that going to happen? When am I going to be more than a conqueror? I don't look like I'm conquering. When am I going to be able to do all things in him that strengthens me? When am I going to be able to what? It, is, it, is, it, is it after in the sweet by and by? Or is it now today? I'm telling you, right? Look at Romans 8.1. Romans 8, 1 is going to do the same thing. It's, a, it's going to talk to you about no condemnation. I'm going, well, no condemnation in them and in Christ. What do you mean there's no condemnation? There, well, think about this. There, there is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Look at Romans 5, 1. Romans chapter 5 will change your life. Read the whole thing. When, when does these things become realities in my life? I feel, con what about this? Do you feel like you're walking in victory? Right? Look at those days, right? Do you feel, do you feel, you're, watch, do you feel like you're walking in victory and you're more than a conqueror? Once in a while, do you feel like you could do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Every now and then, do you feel like there's no condemnation in them that are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life of Christ set me free from the law of sin and death? How about Romans 5 and 1? Being therefore declared righteousness by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you feel like you got peace with God sometimes? Now, now that's like a, a, a wake up, just a little bit, right? So what I'm trying to get you to understand is that this righteous stuff, and we're going to talk about it next week. Next week, I'm going to be with you, right? 
I'm with you now, but you know I'm gonna be here in flesh, right? We gotta start understanding righteousness at another level because righteousness is not based on anything that we did, okay? Here's what we gotta understand. Our revelation of righteousness is this. We understand that righteousness means the ability to stand in the presence of Father God without the sense of guilt or inferiority. This has been the quest of the ages, the desire to get rid of a sin consciousness. And you gotta get rid of a sin consciousness to have a prayer consciousness. Because what's gonna happen is you're not gonna come running into this throne of grace in your time of need and have confidence if you don't feel like you're worthy. And we're gonna talk more about righteousness next week. But I, I want you to see this thing, right? This is, this is good. We're kind of like getting a checkup because we have to make sure we are basing our prayer life in a righteous understanding that I could freely come to God with the, with the lack of sin consciousness completely and come into his presence and know that he wants to not only hear me, but he wants to fellowship with me and grant me to petition that which I ask. And my, now I'm gonna say something here. People ain't gonna like it, but it's okay. My lack of obedience can't affect that. My lack of ability to follow God cannot affect that. My body language, my posture, all that, all that stuff is not going to affect what Jesus did on the cross. I want you to know this. God has dealt with the sin problem in his son once and for all. And we have to get our understanding of that to move forward in life. I have been made and you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, it's life-changing, okay? So I want you to search this. And we are gonna talk about righteousness. The next, next week, we're gonna dive more into righteousness. But I wanna give you just two places to keep you going, okay? And I want you to look at these. And I'm gonna go a little bit outside here to give you these because I want you to get this. I want you to look at 1 John. And when you look at 1 John, it's, it's really gonna help you. And I know you know these scriptures, um, but I want you to kind of almost get an understanding. First John 5, 14, and, it, and it's, um, um, you can read it in the Passion. I think it reads real clear. And I'm gonna give you two places. And after we get these two places, I want you to just pull this in and start becoming a, a person of practicing prayer. You know, Kenneth Hagin said that one time. He says, you have to practice prayer. And I was like, what? Practice the presence of God. Like, what do you mean practice? It's kind of weird, ain't it? Like, you know, let's go practice. You know what I mean? No, but what you're doing is you're kind of doing, like, you know, you're, you're working it out, you know? Like, the other week, I said this during my daily devotional. The other day, literally, it was the other day, God was like, hey, I want you to take this extra time and pray in the Spirit every day because the future is gonna need it. And I said, that's kind of weird. You know what I mean? He's like, no, take this time out of your day, whether it's your drive time, whether it's your walk, go take a walk every day. You know, for me, it was mundane stuff. I was just, I got, I got routine that I do in life that it really doesn't take any sense. You know, drive in here. That doesn't, what am I doing? I could be on the phone. God's like, take the 15, take the 20, take the time, extra prayer, pray. Look what it says in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This thing's big. Since we have this confidence, what's the confidence? We can also have great boldness before him. Man, are you confident in prayer? Are you bold in prayer? Do you know every prayer you prayed is gonna be answered? Or do you think like prayer's a 50-50 shot of getting something to happen? 
No, man, these days are over. We're getting better at praying. We're growing in praying. We're going to spend more time with God. And you know what I'm doing? I'm tinkering with your prayer life right now. Man, I'm not confident. I'm not bold. For if we present any request agreeable to God's will, he will hear us. Look at that, man. If we present any request agreeable to God's will, he will hear us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we also know that we have obtained the request we ask of him. Praise the Lord. So what's the big problem? Does God hear me? Yes, God hears you when you what? When your request is agreeable with God's will. Keep your requests agreeable with God's will and build the foundation of prayer built on the truth. This is where confidence comes from. Now you become God-fident. You have God-confidence, come on, when you understand the application of prayer. Where do we lose confidence? We lose confidence where we don't have knowledge. So understanding righteousness is huge. And I, I gotta talk about this next couple of weeks, probably righteousness. I mean, this is something you just, you get over, no, no, I'm righteous. No, look at the things that would give you an inferiority complex. Some of the things, I don't feel like I could do that. Well, you can, okay? Well, how in the heaven am I gonna do that, Pastor Chris? Well, you're gonna do it by faith. What do you mean I'm gonna do this by faith? Well, how'd you think you're gonna do it? Because you gotta understand this, this boldness that you're looking for, oh my God. You know what you're gonna get it from? I'll tell you exactly where you're gonna get it from. You're gonna get it from understanding, and when you get a greater understanding, it's because of the blood of Jesus. That, I'm telling you, God, and blood of Je what was that? Forgiveness. The blood of Jesus makes us bold, but the blood of Jesus forgave us. Once you understand the foundation of forgiveness, now the righteousness thing's easy to get. See it? Well, I'm, I'm righteous. He forgave me, so I'm righteous. So it's simple. I don't have to go, I don't have to go hard uh, in the place of understanding to try to get this to work. Look at this right here, and I'm, 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 I'm gonna go, we're going to go, right? Go to Hebrews 4, 14. King James is wonderful. And then we're, we're gonna let, I'm going to let you go. Team could come on up and start playing. Hallelujah. I kind of like this, man. I kind of like this. Team, come on up and start playing. Did you like that? That was pretty, that was pretty smooth, wasn't it? Nice, easy transition. I should start doing signs like. Okay. Hebrews 4, 14. Seeing then, we have a great high priest that is passed in the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. This is where he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for me and you. That's what a high priest does. Hold fast your confession. That word profession is confession. Look it up, right? So keep your mouth right. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities or our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You see it? Are we coming boldly to God's throne with prayer to obtain mercy and grace in the time of need? That's prayer. Well, why aren't you coming boldly? If you're not bold, if you're not strong in that area, you got a sin consciousness. Prayerlessness is caused because of a consciousness of sin. I'm telling you, man, that's the truth. Once we eradicate sin conscious, you're gonna be running to God about everything. 
Because we feel like what? He's going to do something for me. He hears me. He knows. It's based in forgiveness. The moment your prayer life starts becoming based in forgiveness, your life is going to change forever. You've been forgiven. Come on, you see it? You've been forgiven. Forgiveness is now giving you the opportunity to understand your position in righteousness. And now righteousness becomes on the forefront of my mind. And the ladder of prayer becomes simpler and easier because I'm not here on my works. I'm not here on my effort. I'm not here on my character. I'm not here on my behavior. I'm not here on my spirituality. I'm not even here on my faith. I'm here because of I've been forgiven. And when forgiveness becomes the platform of life change, it becomes the place of radical change in your prayer life forever. I promise you it's true. Come on, stand up on your feet. You did great today. Hallelujah. Like I said, I'm gonna pray for you guys and I really want your prayer life to go to a whole other level. While you're, while you're there, just lift your hands to heaven. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you, Father, that they are growing in their areas of prayer like never before. They're growing strong, supernatural. They're seeing it. They're understanding it. They're walking towards the future you have for them in prayer. And they are allowing you to move supernaturally in their life and produce in their life a prayer life of change, transformation, and their fellowship with you is going to a whole other level. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord, guys. Glory to God. Thank you so much. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to get away for a little bit. I'm going to come back bolder, stronger, and louder than ever. You know that's the truth. Don't forget, we got water baptism coming up. We got the fellowship for the guys. We got a lot of great things. Member track. It's on top of us. It's time. Let's get ready. Let's finish summer strong and get ready to step in the greatest season we've maybe ever seen. And go share the love of Christ with people. Go tell them about this forgiveness. Go win some souls. Go change some lives. I promise you this. Your life's never going to be the same again. And your prayer life's going to a whole new level. I love you. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.